Liam did an absolutely wonderful job for the club. But whether you're Real Madrid or Sligo Rovers, it's a results-based business, and everybody understands that. I'm privileged and an honour to be given the role as first team manager of this club. Um, I have a huge affiliation. I spent the majority of my career at the club. Uh, had huge success. Played with some top players and top teams. And now as first team manager, I want to bring success to the football club. Mike come here to Keena and Kyo combining. Jimmy Kyo again. Turns one way. Jimmy Kyo! He has done it! It's a beauty! One bridge is Jimmy Kyo! In injury time! Keena, Fallas! Jonathan Spittle steps up to take this penalty, takes a little shimmy to his left-hand side. Spittle and saves Rigitti down to his left-hand side. Rigitti keeps it out. Luke Wall and saves. We've done it. Flyer over and Rigitti the hero stands with his arms open. Unbelievable scene there in the showbread gallery. On the stick by Mother One, let's Aiden Keena in here. And Keena loves the keeper! Aiden Keena! Keena, Mana, Keena, Mana, Keena, goal! Shamrock Rovers and Stephen Bradley have a track record in jump-starting players' careers. Just look at Danny Mandroyo and Andy Lyons. Would this have influenced your decision at all? This is massive to me because I think at the moment I really need a jump-start to get back to what I was at Sligo and um, that was big for me. There's a lot of players that Stephen has brought in and now they've left the UK and that's what I think I need. I met up with Russ and he kind of told me what his hopes were for the season and I thought it was kind of the best move for me right now in this moment so yeah it's, it's it wasn't really an easy move but I think it's a move that had to be done. The voice of John Mahan on his showgrounds return before that Johnny Kenny on swapping the green and white hoops of Celtic for Shamrock Rovers as well as a flavour of some of the standout Sligo Rovers moments last season and for the next 40 minutes we'll unpack a close season of significant change at Sligo Rovers Football Club. The comings and goings have been busy. We're brushing up quickly on our knowledge of Estonian, Swedish and Faroe Islands football for the new season. So what are Sligo Rovers' genuine prospects this season is a top four finish in European football for the third consecutive season too ambitious or a realistic target is the title race really just a two horse race Shamrock Rovers and Derry well coming up Rovers manager John Russell will attempt to provide some insight to some of those questions we'll hear from Fabrice Hartmann of Germany who had to sit out so much of last season because of that paperwork error but he looked the part by all reports in pre-season and is raring to go. He's a big Bayern Munich fan too. We'll hear from Rovers two new Swedes as well. Later, former League of Ireland winner and Sligo native Mark Rossiter joins us from Dublin to give the lowdown on some of the other Premier Division teams to keep an eye on this season. But first with me in studio is former Sligo Rovers player, captain and manager Gavin Dykes, now free from the onerous task of controlling Ollie Horn. Morgan's blood pressure this season, Gavin. We, we will talk about the first division later on and a completely redesigned harp setup by the looks of things. But with your home club hat on, first of all, Gavin, and exactly 48 hours out from that opening league game of the season, is your Rovers glass half full or half empty? 
I suppose it's always half full, Osti. Uh, hoping that they'll do well. I think it's it's been a busy pre-season uh, for John. A uh, lot of new players in. Uh, and I think from, from a player's point of view now, I know it's a long time since I was a player, but even involving managers, you want to get up and going now. You know, pre-season is all about trying to get fit and trying to get your messages across. Uh, and I'm sure John is looking forward to, you know, the big, the big one on Saturday night. Difficult to gauge the mood around the town, around the county. Nobody seems quite sure, outside of the first team squad and management, what Rovers have exactly this season. Yeah, well, look, you have to put your faith in, in your recruitment, and, you know, John has done that. It, look, it, it's been it, losing Aidan Keane, there's no way to paint around it. It's, it's been a massive hit, you know, especially to lose it so close to the transfer window. Uh, you can't replace talent like that you know he came over here he done really really well he was leading goal scorer uh, huge threat and it's all about scoring goals and you know hopefully the people that we've taken in will be able to fill the gap yeah. you know we Al- already playing for Cheltenham Town set up the winner for them yeah, two nights ago like, like I said yeah, he's very talented you know, Sligo gave him a platform to, to go and do that. He took his chance. He done it. He's got to move to England. Uh, best of luck to him on that. But he does live a vo- leave a void. And uh, uh, as I said to you, you win games by scoring goals, and the proof is in the pudding of it. So we'll, we'll wait and see. You've spent much of your managerial career or uh, and consultancy football gigs helping clubs find new players, searching for players, looking at players. How much more difficult has that become in recent seasons? Well, exceptionally more difficult because everybody's looking for the, the golden nugget. And if you do come around with a golden nugget, they're very expensive. So I think I can understand. I, I, I know we, I know myself and Ollie looked at an awful lot of players from the continent last year because if you're looking at the Irish market, it's very, very limited. If you look at what is around in Dublin at the moment, you know, it's very expensive. Plus, they don't want to move out of Dublin. So, if you're looking at the English market, the Scottish market, uh, which I think is probably the most reliable one, you know, I mean, everybody's talking at the moment, right, Keane has left, but we lost Lewis Banks as well. And for me, he was a huge player for us. He gave great service. He could play in a huge amount of positions for us. He was he scored goals from us. He was a threat from safe players, and we lost him. So... I think that the market that John is looking at now, he seems to be looking to Swedish, Estonian, you know, and hopefully that will work out. But you are taking a chance because you, you have to give people a chance to settle in. He's putting a whole new team together, uh, different cultures, different ways of playing football. The League of Ireland is a really, really good market uh, and, um, and it's, it's a very, very good league. But it's a tough league. It's a man's league. So, you know, your fingers crossed, it'll all click for them. Is the main reason players want to stay in Dublin, apart from the fact that there may be jobs, is it the wages? Is that, I mean, lifestyle-wise, you could say you could have a better lifestyle in other parts of the country, given the cost of living in the capital, but have the wages escalated to that extent? Yeah, they have. Let's be honest about it. If you're looking at at the moment, Shamrock Rovers, you're looking at St. Pat's, uh, Bohemians, you know, they're all full-time, you know. Big money, big investors in, in, in each. I mean, very interesting to see what Bowes are going to do because they, they've brought in Pat Fennan as director of football. You know, I know Nutsy very, very well. He's done a huge job at Linfield. And that's, I think that's a great appointment. He'll be a huge addition to Bohemians and a huge addition to Declan Devine. Uh, but again, they've gone full-time this year. 
I expect Bohemians to be a lot better this year than what they were last year. Uh, Pats under Tim Clancy done very well last year, and again, they've taken in Jake Mulraney from America, which we're told if you're, is on serious money. We know Shamrock Rovers players are on serious money because it's it's the talent that they have. So it's a very very hard market. Now, if you look at that, outside of that, you know, and you throw in Derry on top of it which is a very unique situation you know it's it's they've a, a very very wealthy owner and a very passionate man and a gentleman Philip O'Doherty uh, but his his aim is to make Derry City champions of Ireland and he's gone on record in saying that so he's backing his manager Rory Higgins and they can attract players that other clubs can't attract yeah. so I mean they're after taking in two very good players on loan this week if you look at they've taken Adam O'Reilly in as well as there was an awful lot of clubs in for an Ireland and they've got him in so I mean Colin Whelan is a big one for them hopefully he, he comes fit I'd like to see the young he was a good player he's a good young lad so I mean it's 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 a very very tight market OK my last money question to you concerns the prize money for the League of Ireland Gavin and we have a, a, a list of the prize money for this season coming in front of us it's the exact same as last season Shamrock Rovers got 125,000 for winning the league last year Sligo Rovers came fifth they got 32,000 Finn Harps at the bottom got 22,000 um, the prize money is unchanged there's no increase for a league that talks itself up a lot that's kind of well, disappointing is an understatement. It's Austin. Yeah. Let's call it a, a spade a spade here. All right, we, we've everybody who talks about the League of Ireland talks about the product on the pitch, and there's a huge. If, if we look at Sligo Rovers and what they're trying to do, and in fairness to the people out there in the committee and the community that's behind them, all right, they're trying to build a ground, a stadium, all that sort of stuff. All right, to win the league championship, you get one hundred and twenty-five thousand. It's 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 not good enough. You know what I mean? What is it? Maybe maybe you know, four weeks' wages might be got out of it, maybe, at a push, you know. Like, it's it's just not practical. You know, Shamrock Rovers are looking, and that's why the big push now is on Europe. Europe is where the money is. You've got to be in Europe. But there's only, there's only three guaranteed places for Europe, you know. Mm. Sometimes the four-place team goes in because of the odds on one limit to win the cup. But if you're not in Europe, and I think it's already been said at the AGM this year, we're not in Europe this year. Two years in a row. Yeah, if we don't make Europe next year, naturally enough, you can the budget will be cut. So it's 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 really really tough and it's really hard. But I, you know, there's a lot been said about the FEI and it's improving and it's done this and that. Where? I don't see it. Yeah, um, the men's first division winners, by the way, will get thirty six thousand two hundred. Whoever comes first, whether that's whoever that might be, and uh, I won't. Well, I will mention the women's Premier Division winners. €12,000 for the winners of the Premier Division. We're not going to get into that here, but we certainly will come the start of the Women's uh, Premier League in a couple of weeks' time. I'm amazed Noel King didn't jump up up and down louder about that last season. Or maybe he did and I didn't hear him, but uh, it's pretty paltry stuff, some of the prize money on offer for the uh, so-called top leagues uh, well, if you in put this that, country. If you put that in perspective, Austin, all right? The league now has also put in new rules for players. So each player, uh, uh, part-time player as we would call it, had to be paid during pre-season. Now it's good for the player, but it's expensive for the club. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they're putting in set standards for players as well on, on, on certain wages. All right, That doesn't really affect the higher clubs, but if you look at first division clubs, you look at a club like Cove, that might have had a lot of amateur players, or maybe professional players, on not that big of money. Now if they sign a player on a professional form to try and make money on selling that player, yeah. They have to pay it. 
the player rightly so gets looked after because I'm all for player welfare but if you're doing that and yet you finish where they finished and get 11,600 you know for competing in the league it wouldn't cover the bus journey up the country for them yeah Okay, uh, there's a lot more we can digest on that and we may dip in and out of that during the course of our preview. Let's hear from the Sligo Rovers manager, John Russell, who has signed 10 players during the close season. Five of them are brand new to the League of Ireland. So will there be any more shopping at this late stage? For this window, it looks like we're, we're finished. But in terms of recruitment going forward, you're always looking to the next window. And, you know, a lot of the guys I brought in for January or even at the end of last season, there was a good few months of work gone into that. And I have a couple of targets as well for July. Um, so you're constantly looking to improve the, the group and you don't know what's going to happen with players being sold and, and injuries. We've had three long-term injuries. So we had to adjust quickly in the market um, in, in terms of that. So, yeah, it's it's always looking to the future, but we're really happy what we have at the moment. Of the long-term injuries, Gary Buckley, Mark Byrne, etc., who's closest to getting back, would you say? Yeah, I think Gary Boylan's going to be out for, for the season. Um, yeah, at best case, he might get back for the last month, determined on, depending on how it goes with his recovery. But, um, you know, Gary Buckley's doing really well at the moment, um, probably slightly ahead of where he where he would be normally, um, which is really good. And Mark Byrne, he's doing well as well, where he was a little bit after Gary in terms of when he got his operation done. So we just have to be patient, let them go through their steps and on their recovery, but they're both doing really well. And, yeah, hopefully we get them back soon. To the outside eye, it looked like you tried to... You've tried to have two live contenders in every position this season. Have you got to that point by and large, do you think? Yeah, you know, I have. Um, really happy with the group we've assembled. There's competition for places and that's what you need. All the top teams, you know, we've probably saw that last year when we were stretched with the six European games and the league games and to be fair, it was great for the for the young players in the academy. They were on the bench for the European Games, but in terms of coming back on a Sunday and and you know having that strength and depth off the bench, it, it was difficult at times. And there was lads carrying injuries, and you're down entry level. So I feel this year we've we've a strong group, and it was really good as well in pre-season to have a look at the academy players. You know we doubled up the games Friday Saturday, and it gave me an opportunity to see some of the under 17, 19 players in a first team game. I remember you during the club night for supporters where you went through you know, your recruitment process and what you're looking for from players beyond their football ability. And one thing you did say is you wanted to know what sort of person am I getting in the Rovers dressing room? That, that was not the only factor, but, but an important factor in terms of what you're trying to build. Yeah, absolutely. You have you see the footballer on the pitch for ninety minutes, but it's what they do away from the the ground, how they apply themselves day to day. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs in this game. You might lose two games in the bounce, three games, and it's how people react and you know do they stick to the the principles and and what you're trying to do and you know the people that we brought into the building. I've done an awful lot of research on them. Um, spoken to previous coaches, managers, players that they played with, um, and you really don't know until they come in either. You know, and I've spent the last couple of weeks working hard with the guys, but also observing. I'd be a big believer in, in observing people, their their body language, their behaviour, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll get off to a good start, and and the guys can um, can gel and enjoy their time here. If he starts, who's going to mark Johnny Kenny on Saturday night? <laughs> That's if he starts. Yeah, I was up watching their game uh, up in Derry uh, last Friday, and and uh, he played and, and led the line. But they laid, made a lot of changes at halftime, so we'll have to wait and see on Saturday night when the, the team sheets come out. But uh, yeah, whoever plays up front will be ready.
there'll be plenty of takers I'm guessing yeah I'm sure there will be I think there'll be plenty of people uh, around the ground that'll be looking forward to the game and um, it, it adds that extra bit of spice with a former player who'll come up to the academy and you know that was sold to, to Celtic and he's come back to the league on loan and um, we're all looking forward to, to the challenge ahead now what constitutes a good start for you you know beyond three points obviously in the early games but what what are you hoping to see most of all yeah well, anytime we play games even the pre-season games we review them and you know we've game plans going into the matches and so far there's been good signs in, in some of the pre-season games and it'll be the same after the Shamrock Rovers game it isn't defined one game or one result it's 36 game season here and we want to be there for the long haul and, and be producing good performances week in week out and I want to be able to come in after the weekend and say look that was a good performance we did well here we did well here we could improve here and there were some good individual performances we've got a lot of new players so for it to click uh, in, in match day one hopefully it does but it might take a couple of games um, but once we're doing the, the things we're asking of the players I'll be happy John Russell, the Sligo Rovers manager, chatting to us this weekend. Uh, Gavin Dykes with me in studio. A couple of points there I want to pick up with you. But first, just a word on a player you know pretty well because you worked with him last season at Finn Harps and you have worked uh, at various stages of his career. Uh, the Belmullet man, Gary Boylan, who seems cursed when it comes to injuries in, in this football career of his I was asked for him and I spoke to Gary after the news came uh, he's a great lad a really really great lad uh, I know him as a kid and I was lucky enough to bring him to the club and that. he comes from a really good part of the world in Bell Muller and his family and everything else but uh, look he'll bounce back he's, he's made a great stuff uh, he was delighted to sign back with Sligo Rovers and he'd look at this his hometown club uh, even though he's from Mayo uh, he done really well for us at Harps and we brought him in and uh, so disappointed for him but it'll be character building for him you know he's he's good head in his shoulders uh, and hopefully he can get back you know it'd be nice to see him back for the end of the season uh, huge loss for John Russell because he's so versatile you know he can play for Harps he played left back centre back right back middle of the park you know he, he he's both footed uh, really good in the year and has a great temperament so yeah. huge loss but uh, look that injury is part and parcel of the game. We in- interviewed him here on Ocean FM just after he had signed and it seemed that the conversation between himself and John Russell was that he might be predominantly a right back on one of the two options there but, but as you say there are multiple places he could have slotted into. Yeah I think right back's his best position uh, but we played him in, in the middle of the park last year and he was he was exceptional for us. You know he's, he's very athletic you know and as I said he can pass it off his left or his right foot. Uh, so that option you know, when you're looking off building a squad, he's ideal because he he's versatile. If you have injuries, yeah. you can you can put him in different places. And John probably looked at that. But uh, look, there's not a lot you can do with it. We, we wish him all the best. We certainly we certainly do. I got a squad list today from Sligo Rovers for the new season. There are 27 names on the first team squad. Now we're including the likes of Connor Walsh, Sean McAteer, etc. In there, but you know, on the face of it. Uh, you know, I know, I know. There's a lot of young players in there, but that, there's a there's a bit of depth there now. You could argue. Hey, look, it's it's great to see players from the academy coming through, uh, but you, you know they have to be given time. You know, the the, it, the whole thing about bringing in young players and especially local players. You know, you got to give them time. You got to. John is wise enough. He knows where to throw them in and throw them out. I think Johnny Kenny has been the exception, probably to that. To be honest with you, because he just got in and and took off. You know, he he only got better and better and better. And I suppose, you know, if we're looking at some of the, the, the players, some of the younger lads, they'll have to be given time. You know, there'll, be, there'll have to be a lot of injuries, I'd imagine, before some of them will get near a football thing. 
It's going to be weird watching Johnny Kenny being marked by the Sligo Rovers back four on Saturday night, assuming he's playing. Well, you want to be quick to run after him, I can tell you that. Uh, look, I, I, on the Johnny Kenny one, uh, I, I, I spoke when to, to Ocean FM when it happened. You know, he's a Sligo lad. You know, the people of Sligo should be very proud of what this young man has done. He's, he comes from a great family with a great history of football. You know, his father was a legend with Sligo Rovers. He came into Sligo Rovers through the academy. He'd done really well. He took his chance in the first team. He'd done really well for Sligo Rovers. Sligo Rovers got the benefit of it by being sold to Celtic. They got the money in the bank. They decided the deal. All right, he went over there. Didn't go that well from. The option now has came back from the first team football with the best club in this country at the moment they're champions they're going for four in a row he's going to be playing in Europe he used to think of his own career I only wish the lad the best of luck not on Saturday night but I wish him the best of luck and I think people of Sligo should give him a great welcome you know he, he should be welcomed home uh, because we got to remember someday we might have to go looking to try and get Johnny Kenny back and trust me for somebody who left Sligo Rovers and went to Derry at the time and took an awful lot of stick about it you remember those things yeah, it's not easy being a hometown boy moving away from your own club, I'm guessing, even back in your day. It's, 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 it's a lot easier being away than it is playing at home. And that might sound silly or that might sound... Uh, I will always go and say it's harder for a local to play in Sligo Rovers team than it is for an outsider. Because the local has an affinity. Everybody in the town knows you. You know, you walk around the town, everybody knows you, know your family, they know all about you. Uh, when I played for Derry, uh, it was great. Went up, trained, played the match, done what you had to do, and got out of there. Uh, the results went well for us. I was lucky. But uh, Johnny will do well. I, he'll have no problem settling down and, and doing that. He'll do well for Shamrock Rovers, of that I've no doubt. OK. Well, in the absence of Johnny Kenny in red, in the absence of Aidan Keena in red, who might the Sligo Rovers fans gravitate towards scoring-wise this coming season? Might it be a young 20-year-old from Leipzig in Germany who made his debut for Leipzig as a 17-year-old in a Europa League qualifier a few seasons back? He's been a German underage international from under 15 up to under 19. Now 20 years of age, he signed for Rovers in July last year but then couldn't play at all because of a registration error. So Fabrice Hartmann has had to sit out the season of last year, which can't have been easy. I would say like last season was tough for me when I joined Lego Rovers because I had no registration, but there was a, another good option to keep improve on. Like, and now it's getting really, really good. But you kept on training, you got to know your new teammates, so clearly you liked something about Sligo. Yeah, it was, uh, the lads are very, very nice, very open, so I had no problems to come into the group. They are really, really nice as well, yeah. We have seen it, uh, some of your play in the pre-season friendlies, but for Sligo Rover supporters who haven't seen you play yet, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? What sort of player are you? Yeah, my type of um, playing football is like, I, have, I like it to have the ball on my feet and to create chances to um, create space for my, for my teammates to get assists and goals as well. So I hope I can help the team with that in the upcoming season. Okay, you're from Leipzig, who have developed quite a reputation in Germany football-wise in, in recent seasons. They've been qualifying for Europe and, and featuring prominently. Was that the team you grew up supporting as a kid? Uh, to be honest, no. I, I grew up um, the whole time in Leipzig, but my, my heart is 
for Bayern Munich, to be fair. Like so many German fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I think like, yeah, Leipzig is a very young, young club. To be fair enough, um, but what they built in the in the up in the time was is is very good. Was it always your ambition to be a professional footballer? Uh, I think like it's coming, it, uh, it comes with the time. So when I was like 15, that it seems like a hobby to play. I just want to play football, and then when you start thinking about you're really good, you can go into the professional um, part of the business. So yeah, why not? So you have the chance to do it. So. I, I did it. Good for you. Good for you. I, I, I imagine you are itching to play matches because you haven't had too many opportunities to play games in the last couple of seasons between the various moves you've had. You must be bursting to get out of the dressing room and onto the field. Yeah, that's that's why I'm here. I want as much game time as I can. So I want to show my qualities and come back to my odd level. So in the in the last season was not so good for me so that's why I want to uh, I'm here and show what I can What do you think of the League of Ireland Fabrice from the games you watched last season and from what you've seen in the pre-season what do you think of it I think like the Irish League is very physically so like the lads are very strong and fast as well so um, I think it's it is a good league to improve for a young player as well so you have to stand your man Fabrice Hartmann, 20-year-old from Leipzig in Germany, who's raring to go with Sligo Rovers this season. Uh, Gavin Dykes listening to that. Gavin, I-, I didn't see much of the pre-season matches for Sligo Rovers, but the little bits and pieces of feedback you get in terms of players who caught the eye, I have heard Johan Branafag's name mentioned, the, the Swedish right-back. Uh, Rhys Hutchinson, who came from Cheltenham Town a couple of days after Aidan Keane left. And that young man we just heard there, Fabrice Hartmann, that he might have something as a... Do you, do you attribute much importance to the pre-season games? I think so. Uh, not so much about results. Uh, the whole thing is getting fit and match fit and John will be very much trying to build a pattern of play for people. Uh, that young man has a really, really good pedigree. You know, you don't play at that level in Germany uh, and be an underage international. I suppose the, the big step now, is he was sent out on loan he hasn't played football in a long time because of the registration problem that happened. It's it's a big season for him for in his own career, you know. And I think he, he summed up the league very well. It is it is a man's league, as I would call it. It's fit, you, you know. It, he'll get welcome to the league, I've no doubt, very quickly. Uh, but he is technically very good. I've seen a small part from him. He, he seems to be very very good technically, uh, and he's a good option for us. I think you know we might get a few goals out of him. Uh, I suppose it's 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 down to Swedish right back definitely. Yeah, the reports on him have been very very good, and and I think uh, it's an area I think John wanted to strengthen as well. But as I said, we lost Banks, so they're big boots to fill. Yeah, well, let's hear from the aforementioned Johan Branafolk, one of Rovers' new Swedish recruits. He is a right back, although he has played further up the pitch in earlier parts of his career. Here's his conversation with the final whistle, starting with how we should pronounce his name. Johan Branafolk. What are your impressions of this part of the world? I like it. Uh, I googled a lot before I came here and. Um, uh, talked with a lot of people that have visited Ireland before, and they all say that the that the people here in Ireland are so friendly and and uh, like to talk a lot. And uh, uh, I feel that um, my guys back home uh, has the right picture of uh, Ireland. So I like it a lot here. Friendly people, nice environment. You're billed as the attacking 
full back, wing back. Is that how you like to play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I became a right back two years ago. Before that, I was a central midfielder or played as a number 10 or a winger. So I've been on offensive positions before. So yeah, it's just about two years ago I moved down to right back. So Where is home for you in Sweden? Malmo. That's a footballing part of the world in Sweden, isn't it? Yeah, it is. All, uh, basically, all the big cities in, in Sweden are... are um, like football mad but Malmo is obviously one of the biggest uh, clubs in Sweden uh, probably the biggest one most uh, titles and everything and it goes uh, to the Europe uh, Cups almost every year and uh, of course we have Zlatan from from Malmo too so indeed indeed so there's a lot of heritage there did you know much about the League of Ireland before you came to Ireland no not that much actually Uh, so it was first when uh, when Sligo reached out that I started to look at it more and watch a couple of games and, and stuff like that so I didn't know much about it before and you've got your first taste of the game here now through the pre-season matches. There's only so much you can learn from those sort of games. But what are your early impressions? But the quality is good. The uh, tempo is high. Uh, tough play. So uh, I like it. And you are someone who likes to get forward. Yeah, I do. I do. I like to have the ball. I like to play offensive football. Um, not afraid to take on one we one both defensively and offensively. And uh, I think my strongest part is my right foot. So try to use that as much as possible. Well, the attack-minded nature of your game will be music to the ears of Sligo Rovers supporters. Are your new teammates telling you much about who's coming on Saturday night, the defending champions, Shamrock Rovers? No, I don't think think that much about the opponent. I think about my own play and Sligo's own play, so um, it doesn't matter who comes to who comes to the showgrounds. We're going to play our own style of play, so uh, I don't care, actually. It's a very international squad, finally. We have a couple of people with Swedish connections, Estonia, the Faroe Islands, etc. So it, it's a very cosmopolitan Sligo Rover squad this season. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know how we had it the, the former years, but this year is a good mixture between um, uh, international players and the players from Ireland. So it's good, I think. What are your ambitions, finally, for the season ahead? I want to win titles, of course. That's why I play football, and uh, that's my ambition for this year, too. Johan Branefolk, who sounds an ambitious young attacking wing back and something oddly refreshing Gavin Dykes that he doesn't care that the champions are coming to town on Saturday night. That's because he's not from Sligo, Austin. Everybody else cares that the champions are coming to town, especially if the champions are Shamrock Rovers. No, but it's great. Like I said, he, he's full of positivity. You know, he's done very well from what I'm told. I haven't seen him, but I'm told he's done very, very well. Very quick, technically good. Uh, so, yeah, he could be a good addition. Really, really good addition. Okay, I'm going to ask you to put on the headphones for a moment because I'm, we might broaden the discussion out for a few moments and I'm going to bring in Mark Rossiter who will be part of our commentary team this season on Ocean FM for Sligo Rovers away games and maybe a couple of home ones as well who knows former League of Ireland winner himself but a Sligo native. Mark, is this League of Ireland title race really a two-horse race, Shamrock Rovers and Derry City? Um, on, on paper you'd probably say so there's a lot of continuity within their squads not huge wholesale changes they've just kind of added to the to the bulk of their squads so you, you'd probably say with the strength and depth that they have that the two have probably isolated themselves at the top um, to a two horse race but you know with all the acquisitions that Bowles have made you don't know how they're going to hit the ground running um, and Pats as well I think I think Dundalk have kind of moved behind them four if I'm being totally honest but um, 
Yeah, I, I think Derry, Derry and Shams have isolated themselves at the top, I would have thought. OK, well, you're reasonably well plugged into the scene, not just in the capital, but on the eastern seaboard. So if we park Shamrock Rovers and Derry City for a moment, what team is showing signs to you that they might, you know, be the next best title challenger on paper? Um, I would have said Pats and probably Bowles. Um, Bowles have probably been the, the most active in, in the transfer window. You know, the, the Decky was kind of unhappy with his squad come the end of the season. But, you know, the players that they've brought in, like obviously Paddy Kirk and McDonald, even Sligo, to, to go to, to Bowles. You know, everybody knows the pedigree of them two players. But I, I would have thought outside of Andy Lyons, that Paddy Kirk was the best fullback in the league last year. Um, but Keith Buckley is huge for them. You know, he came back from a year of travelling in Australia um, and, he, and he was there for 13 seasons before that. So he's huge for them. But I, I think probably he was the most impressive that I've seen because I went to see Bowles and Pats a couple of, a couple of weeks ago in pre-season. Dylan Conley was playing against Shells earlier on in the day. Um, and Dylan Conley seems to be a flying winger to reinvent himself that he could be a winger or a number 10 he technically has got a lot better um, and he could be hugely hugely dangerous for balls this year Gavin Dykes all the previews that I've seen online or read in print this week none of the tipsters have placed Sliger Rovers finishing position any higher than 7th this season from what I can see maybe there's one out there that has them higher than that but I haven't seen it yet I think it's fairly realistic, Austin. I'd agree with with Rossi and what he's saying, Derry. You know, I, I think, like my opinion, will be Shams that'll win it. I think Derry will be very close to it. I think Pats have recruited really, really well. Uh, Tim Clancy is is has done well in that department. I'd also see Bowes, as I said. You know, Becky's gone in there, but I think a big addition is going to be Pat Fenlon as director of football. He has huge contacts in the game. We can see his recruitment all over it at the moment. He's done a, a massive job at Linfield. Um, you know, probably the interesting one, I suppose, will be to see where, where Cork are and to see where Shells are. Cork are a huge club. It's great to see them back in the Premier Division. Uh, you know, Colin Healy's a lot of experience as well in contacts. So, you know, they're a bit unknown. I think the UCD and Drogheda one will be fairly tight at the bottom of the table. Uh, you know, that's sort of a way... I it's going to be a huge ask for Sligo to be in 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 around the top four. It's a massive ask for them. Okay, do you do you hold any candle, Mark, that Rovers can be pushing for Europe this season? Um, when when like I was kind of tearing the teams to to what I would have thought with the two out on their own challenging for the title, but I would have had the three three going for Europe would have been Bowles, Pat, and Dundalk, um, and probably Dundalk at the bottom echelon of that. To, to be honest, because their their squad is quite light, um, but I would have had Sligo in sixth, um, and probably only for that reason of trying to replace Aidan Keena which is huge. I know you've got John Mann back, which is a massive sign, and and if if he comes back playing the same way that he did uh, before he left, you know he's he's one of the best centre backs in the league. So defensively they're sound, midfield they're sound, but it's just the unknown of where the goals are going to come from. Um, so yeah, that'd be the only reason. But like I I'd, I'd have them ahead of shells. I'd have them ahead of obviously Drada, Cork, um, and uh, UCD. So. If if they can hit the ground running, I suppose if they if they do get a goal scored in there, there's no reason why I wouldn't put them ahead of Dundalk there because I I think there's a there's a big question mark over Dundalk's squad at the minute as well to be honest. 
Of course, what usually happens, Gavin Dykes, is that the teams that are being talked down, at least one of them outperforms everybody's expectations and the teams that are being talked up don't go as well as most of us might have thought. Well, that's why we all love football. Uh, you need to be lucky. Uh, I think Sligo had to be very lucky to get even up near competing for places and that means they've been very unlucky with injuries so far. You know, the last thing they want is to pick up injuries in games because, you know, I know you were saying about 27 people registered as a squad but a lot of those are young lads. Uh, look, home form is vitally important to us. It really, really is. If you're going to do any way in the league, you know, the shortcuts has become a fortress. But it's a big ask starting on, on on Saturday night. It really, really is. But it's a great game. And what an opportunity to, to go and, you know, get a positive result, you know, and set us up well for the next couple of weeks, really. Mark, in the absence of Aidan Keena, where are the Sligo Rovers' goals going to come from this season? Will we be relying very heavily, very quickly, on a Faroe Islands footballer called Stefan Radosavlevich? Um, Possibly, yeah. Like I've I've seen little clips on him, um, and you know he looks like he can score goals. Obviously, but you don't know what level that is like. You don't, you know, it's it's very easy to look good in a in a video clip. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Like I, I to be honest, would have assumed that Max Matter would have started if fit. You know, um, he understands the league. He's a handful. Uh, he done really well in the absence of Keane last year as well, and popped up with a few goals. But and he and he's fairly complete. You know, like he's he's good in the air and on the ground, and he'll run. And you know, he uh, he's a handful. But as you said, you said it very well, <laughs> Rado Savlovich. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because he looks quite nippy. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting on Saturday. But it's it's a brilliant one for overs because. You know, you're on an even footing with them. It's you know everybody's on zero points, so it'll be uh, probably the best time to to play against the defending champions. Yeah, we'll talk about Saturday's game in, in more detail in just a couple of moments. But Gavin, do you think there's more on the shoulders of Max Mata this season, who did well last year, but partially he did well because he had a good relationship up front with Aidan Keena. I mean, Aidan Keena supplied a fair proportion of the balls for his goals. He's not there anymore. No, and I think Keane had dropped into the tent position quite a lot. You know, I know we done a job in him in Finn Harps. It was the only time we done a job in him this year. He, he, I think he scored seven goals against us. But we man-marked him in, in, in Finn Park when we were there and it worked fairly well for us. But I think Matt is a good player. I really do. I like him. I think he's very honest. He's big. He's technically good. He's very good in the air, you know. But we got to get the supply to him if that's the case. So that's up to other people to do that. Uh, but hopefully he stays injured. You know, I don't know a lot about the other lad that he's that he's brought in from the Faroe Islands. You know, hopefully he's he's an addition. But we got to give him a chance. It's going to take him a, lot, a little bit of a while to get up to speed, I'd imagine. Yeah, let's hear from another of the new additions this season, Lucas Browning, midfielder, born in Drogheda, but he moved to Sweden when he was just two years of age. So does Lucas consider himself Swedish or Irish? <laughs> bit of both, probably. Yeah. Uh but uh, since I grew up in Sweden, spent most of my years there, I think I'm mostly Swedish in my ways. That's probably what the passport says now. Yeah, probably yeah. is, yeah. But Do you have any memory of Drogheda Loud, the early years? Uh, not really, no, but over the years I've obviously uh, visited because my, my dad was living there. Uh, so, yeah, some memories from there as well. Yeah. So you're one of two Swedish connections to the Sligo Rovers squad this season. I don't think you knew Johan before you came to Sligo. No, we only played against each other a few times, but uh, I didn't know him personally. But uh, now we are uh, really good friends. 
But growing up, did you have some sense of what the League of Ireland was? Um, not really, no. But since I uh, heard the interest, I've obviously started watching and asking questions. And uh, I think the league has also developed the last few years. So uh, I had a picture, but uh, it's going to be clearer now when the season starts. And at the stage of your career, is this a good time to try something new, namely the League of Ireland? Absolutely, I think so. It's it's a top league in a country, which is uh, always important to play in a top league. And uh, uh, it's just for me to... Uh, to uh, work hard and, and try to play as best as possible. How would you describe your style of football? Uh, well, I'm a central midfielder, uh, which uh, uh, I like to uh, I like to play football, and that's that's uh, what I want to show that the love for the game and uh, the rest is up to the supporters and spectators to to judge themselves. So the philosophy that John Russell, your manager, talked to you about, it obviously appealed to you in terms of being a part of a footballing team. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, being a footballing team is, is, a, is a term that is uh, often connected to playing nice football, but, but we want to win. Let's not forget that we want to win, so it's important that we have both parts. I get the impression you are a, a competitor and a fierce one at that. No, I like to, I like to win and I want to win, uh, but uh, we should win the Sligo way, which is uh, this season going to show. Do you think that the type of football that the League of Ireland provides is something that suits you? Uh, I mean, as a footballer, you need to adapt, which is important. So you need to be able to play different styles. But uh, this, uh, the League of Ireland will definitely improve my game as well, even though I think it suits me quite well. And you're getting to know your new teammates because there's been a lot of change here. I think there are 10 new faces from different countries. That takes a while for you guys to get to know each other, to get comfortable with each other. Absolutely, yeah, but we had a really good pre-season, we had a lot of games and we had a trip also to England, which uh, made it all easier. So the group is a really good group and we have a great atmosphere right now. That's Rovers, uh, Drogheda Swede, Lucas Browning, speaking to Ocean FM Sport. And lads, it occurs to me that we seem to have a lot of players um, signed in a sort of a similar attacking midfield p- position. Like if you list them here, well, Browning's a central midfielder, but you've got Rhys Hutchinson, Bogdan Vatsuk, the uh, second Estonian, Frank Levak, of course, Carlos Sullivan, Wil- Will Fitzgerald, and Fabrice Hartmann, uh, who we heard from earlier. So like with your magic whiteboard, if you're trying to pick out a Rover's formation there, it's not entirely obvious. Do you want to answer that one, Rossi? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Um, I think Will Fitzgerald is going to be huge for them this year. Um, I, th- I think he's. I think he's a fabulous player. He plays out in the the left side, but I think he'd be brilliant in the number ten. O'Sullivan, when he played, he done really well when he played right back actually last year as well. He's a big, strong lad. Um, but yeah, maybe they're looking at it that you know if you lose the the goals from Keena, you need to get them from midfield, or can you can you spread them out a wee bit? And it's competition for places as well, so it'll be interesting to see. And then, like, it puts pressure on the—I don't want to call them old dogs—but the likes of Greg Bulger and David Cawley to to perform um, if they want to stay in the team, really. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose from my point of view, looking at you know, I think John might look at a three at times this year. You know, he he looks like he is attacking wing backs. You know, I know Daniel Lafferty can do that that he's brought in. Definitely, the Swedish boy can do that. So that might give him an option to get an extra man up top. You know, we go two up top and somebody up beside Mata. Uh, I suppose that'll be an interesting thing. I'm sure it's an option that he's looked at uh, in pre-season. 
you know it's something that you might have changed to and adjust to uh, but if you look at it, you have Pinecker you have you know if Buckley's coming back you know you have options you have options at the back to change your formation you really have yeah uh, are you both happy that this, this is going to be an attack minded Rover squad this season do we agree on that point You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Because like, even when you list out the defenders, they could even play three at the back. Mm. You know, like, and that's not even taking Buckley into account when he comes back. If you've John Mann, Pinecker, and Danny Lafferty, and you've got attack-minded players away, you go. You know, you, you genuinely there's there's a lot of versatility there within the squad. You'd just be hoping that they hit the ground running uh, Saturday night, um, get confidence, but. In fairness to Rustler, like he he doesn't leave a stone unturned, so he'll he'll be quite quite meticulous in all the information that he's doing. So they'll be well drilled. Okay, the proviso, of course, is that your back three or four or whatever it is are tuned in, in form, and uh, doing the bit at the back for, for for all of that to work. We've only got a few minutes to go, guys. So let's have a chat about the opening match this weekend, which I'm encouraged to hear both of you think is a great opening game for Sligo Rovers against the champions. Can you explain why, please? Well, I think from my part of it, there's history here. You know, there is only one Rovers and it's red. I mean, that's 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 the way it is and that's the way it always will be. Uh, it's a full crowd. You know, it's great game. It's going to be, showground's going to be hopping and, and players will be buzzing. You know, it's, it's first game, hopefully it'll be a good night, a good night for football. You're bringing your biggest rivals historically wise into the showgrounds and you're also going to see the best players on show you know the Jack Burns of this world and, and things like that so a huge challenge but something I think is a, is a great opportunity for us Yeah Mark if Rovers were at home to let's say with the greatest of respect Drogheda or UCD there would be a big expectation around the town we've got to start with a home win and three points this Saturday Rovers still want to win and we'll still be hoping Rovers win but um, it feels a bit looser in terms of the Rovers have nothing to lose here can have a cut at this game yeah and uh, I suppose look at from from outside a town really to be fair you know everybody in Sligo will think that they can get a result it's it's only the rest of the country that'll think Shams will come down and turn them over so it's a free punt really from the outside looking in um, add a bit of spice then with Johnny Kenny coming back so you know <laughs> It's it's going to be an interesting night, genuinely. But you know, it's it's one of them. Look, at I never played in the Rovers derby, to be honest. But uh, it's it's probably the fixture that you always look for, and it's always a bit more salty down in the showgrounds than it is in Tala, to be fair. So, yeah, be be hoping for a cracker. Guys, to finish, Sligo Rovers top six or bottom six this season. I won't ask you for a position. I won't hold you to that. But top can six. You, your ball, top six, Mark Rossiter. Gavin yeah I, look I'll, I started off when you asked me was the glass half full uh, yeah I'll go top six as well and hopefully that'll be a fairly good season for them yeah and could they make a burst for Europe look they could do you know I, I think if we if we can get ourselves into a good position John has already says that he might have targets to bring in in the June transfer window so if we can get ourselves in a good position before that and add to the squad and get a bit of luck why not wouldn't it be great okay just before we go, a quick word on the first division. Finn Harps begin life under new manager Dave Rogers on Friday night against Galway United. And wouldn't you know it, assistant boss at Galway is Ollie Horgan, who was Harps boss last season. There's been a fair degree of change, Gavin, and maybe you feel a bit too close to comment too deeply on this, but 
what's your sense of the changeover at Finn Harps at the start of this new season? Well, look, the best of luck to them and the best of luck to the people that run the club. Uh, they brought in a new manager and given him a long-term contract and a, a new assistant manager and given him a long-term contract as well. So uh, hopefully things go well for them. You know, it's it's a good club. There's some good people there. Uh, for me, I suppose my loyalties will be to my old my old warrior friend on 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 Friday night. You know, Ollie and I have two friends in it and John Coffey that I went to school with. So uh, I think it'd be nice to see Galway get promoted. I think they've been there a while as well. It's good for the league. But I think you know, looking at the first division, I think anybody who finishes above Waterford will have to have a really really good season. Okay, Mark Rossiter, who do you think will get promoted from the first division? I, I uh, was asked this yesterday um, and I think all will win it because to, there's a lot of change in that Waterford squad and you've lost Phoenix Patterson which like effectively was the star one of the stars of the league of Ireland not just the first division um, so you don't you don't really know what signings coming in are going to replace him there um, I think the, the signing of Brendan Clark you know he's he's a Premier quality keeper, and he's gone to Galway. So uh, I think he's been been the signing uh, of the the off season for the first division team. So I I'm gonna hang my hat on Galway to get promoted this year. Ollie Horgan and Johnny Coffey will be singing your praises, Mark Rossiter, <laughs> or maybe they'll be cursing you that you're putting pressure on their side now. Gents, thank you very much. We'll have to leave it there. Mark Rossiter in Dublin, and Gavin Dykes in studio. Gavin will be part of our commentary team this Saturday night at the showgrounds for Sligo Rovers against Shamrock Rovers live on Ocean FM if you can't get to the game from a quarter to eight. It's also being streamed live on LOI TV. A reminder finally that this programme is available each week as a podcast on Ocean FM or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. We're back next week. Same time, same place.